good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 423 of the Money Material Podcast. I'm Andy Anatko. Hello, Flo. Nice to have you back once again, even though you were back last week. It is again, and always, nice to have you back. Hey, this is an improvement. Me here two weeks in a row. This is incredible. (laughs) It means I got some rest on my nine weeks away. So that's very, very good. And also, like, uh, not that I was actually worried about this, mind you, but hmm. part of part of it is like, like, uh, once you establish a routine for something, as mm-hmm. soon as you break the routine, it might, it might, st- uh, it might cause somebody to think, you know what, I can do without doing this. Like, I, I thought I would really miss it, but I don't really, I don't really. So wh- why don't oh. I just not do this anymore? No, 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 no. <laughs> No, the thing is, I have to try really hard not to like go on the many tangents that I wish we could always go on. Um, you know, we have to we have to keep things to Google, <laughs> except you know, we each have our little hall pass that we get every episode. So. Oh yes, it's hard. Well, it's hard. Well, okay, but but see, that's the great thing about Google that they have their their titanium like claws into so much of our lives it's almost impossible to have a personal anecdote that does not uh, tie into uh, google in some way let me give you an example like mm-hmm. I've, I've been having some problems with well not <laughs> this isn't a new thing but sleep has always been just not mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. i do really, really it's hard well. for awesome people like us to yes, sleep that, that that's how i'm gonna put it uh <laughs> <laughs> that it's a burden a, we bear. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm not complaining because it's not like I have sleep apnea or something. There are people that like literally cannot sleep because they're, 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 they keep getting choked off from oxygen, or they have like, uh, they're, they have lifelong pain, debilitating pain that makes it really. I'm, I'm saying that I will get like a good six to eight hours of sleep. However, I'm really under almost no control over when that's <laughs> when that starts. Right, right. So, I, so I mean, just to give you an example, this is why I started the day kind of bummed out because I uh, I was supposed to be seeing Oppenheimer uh, this morning. Okay, because I w- I wanted to see I, I want I went okay. to, I went into buy t- order tickets like ten days ago, and truly, like ten days later t- today, Wednesday morning was the first time when you could get a ticket in the IMAX screening that I wanted to mm-hmm. see anywhere, uh, anywhere more than like six feet away from the IMAX screen and six feet away. Don't care for 70 millimeter. Don't care for IMAX. That is not ideal. And I, I knew I was going to take some, I was knew I was taking some risks by getting the 10 AM screening. I also wanted to not have as full an audience as possible. But mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. that was, that was not going to be possible. Yeah. And it's not as though that I sprung this on myself like last night or something like I knew I I was trying to wind down like at 10 p.m. 11 p.m. last night because I knew hey I got to get up early because I that's the, the theater is not across the street it's going to be take me like an hour to get there and it was 6 a.m. and I still like wasn't asleep and at that point I kind of had to call it because like is I don't know if you do the same thing but like there are times where like if sleep doesn't if if, if you don't do well with sleep and there's something you there's a meeting like at nine. I find that it's okay to say, you know what? It's an important meeting, and I don't have anything to do after this meeting. I'll just stay up an extra three hours and handle this half-hour meeting on no sleep. Um, sometimes that works. Usually it works to some degree or another, like when the consequences of not doing the meeting are worse than canceling out at the last minute without any any kind of a credible good excuse. This was going to be 
like three hours in a dark theater in a comfortable chair, I was not confident that <laughs> I was going to be a good audience member. Uh, I would be probably snoozing on someone's left or right shoulder, and I didn't want to do that. Now, I, I will say now here's here's where this ties into Google, though. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My Nest Home on the nightstand has been helping out because I've been over the past week. I've tried. Uh, I have. I've never really used like the nature sounds or the the what do they call it the 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 quiet ambient uh, like yeah, ambient yeah like where you can have rain you can have like mm-hmm. wind you can have an actual circulating fan mm-hmm. <laughs> noise uh, I just I, I try like waves uh, yeah they're, they're they're nice they're cool and so I I started like as a matter of habit like oh I'll turn on like the nature sounds uh I'll, 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 I'll the rain sounds I'll go to sleep to that because again it helps you to sort of block out. Actually, in my case, it helped to block out the noise of uh, of the air conditioner kicking in in the next room. Right. And so, great. So, I okay. So that was working great. And I kind of like it's it it was being very positive because it was helping me to sleep, and it was also helping to build that routine of like t- telling the brain, okay, now you realize that we've turned off all the lights. We're in bed. We hear rain sounds. That me- we've turned we've turned on the sleep tracking app. That means that it's time for us to go to bed. So this is I'm giving you permission brain to not think about work or think about anything or anything that's creative or interesting. Just go to sleep. <laughs> now and it's and it's been paying off. I think it's been good, but the thing is now I'm worried that uh, it'll sort of invert itself on me where now I won't be able to sleep unless I hear the sound of falling rain and that would be bad. No, that's not going to happen to you. You're going to be fine. Because the thing is, I've been falling asleep to uh, ambient type music for the last year and a half or so. It's really helped me just sort of like neutralize my brain so that I'm not having that constant spiral of anxiety. But uh, but because I've been so like rested recently, hmm. I've found that I haven't like needed those things at night. So it really is like I think it's perfectly fine to use them to help you get the rest that you need, especially if they are working. And I don't think you should be afraid that, that it's something you won't come back from because (laughs) I have found, because I have found that like most of the time it's really hard for me to fall asleep. So it's better as long as I sleep, it's better than not sleeping at all just so that I don't perform some habit. Yeah. Because then eventually it will come the day where you're like, you'll be on vacation or, you know, you'll have a really light load at work and, you can kind of just relax a little bit and then you're able to fall asleep at night without fixating. Because my thing is I fixate on noises. I can't fall asleep. <laughs> if there's like other noises in the room, I need absolute silence. Um, now, yeah. Now, do you think that's a, do you think that's a mom thing? Because part of you is like trained to say that I have to be, no. a, I want to make sure I no. hear her breathing. No, because the thing is, I sleep through her cries at night. My husband's the one who's really like sensitive to that. He's the one who was very was having a hard time falling asleep because of her breathing. Yeah. I'm just too tired a person. Like I carried her for nine months. Yeah. I'm sleeping if I can. <laughs> so, you were you were all too aware of her motion <laughs> and act levels of activity. I think you 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 yeah. put in your time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you know she's it's. Sleep is so hard, though. Sleep is so hard. I've been sleeping. I have a new sleep tool. Yes. Yes, the Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Ah. Yes. You're holding. You're holding up a plastic disc that looks like a Pokeball. Yes. Like if if it were like a black and white cookie from a deli. 
Mm-hmm. Precisely. Yeah. And it's it's flat like that, actually. Um, so what this is is the second generation version. There's another gen. I have it somewhere. It's an actual like Pokeball, but it also doubled as a Joy-Con for the Pokemon Let's Go oh. game that came out for the Switch many, many moons ago. So this is the second generation. And instead of being usable with the Nintendo Switch, so what it does is it essentially lets you hit Pokestops and catch Pokemon through Pokemon Go without actually having the app on your phone. Um, <laughs> and I really like it because now I can like take Mona to this is so nerd of May, nerd mom of May. But now I can take Mona to the park because I always take her where there's like a lot of Pokestops, you know, <laughs> or where I know there's a lot of Pokemon because I'm trying to farm. And I'll just let this rip in the background and it'll just do its thing for me while I focus 100% on her. <laughs> because before we were just like, uh, let me look at my phone. Sorry, sweetie. You know, can't interact <laughs> with you. And like, that's sad. I don't want to do that to Mona, you know? Um, so I, I bought this cause this is 60 bucks. So wow. it also does sleep tracking. <laughs> and what you do is you lay it flat on the mattress underneath your pillow and you can't touch it because it needs to like calibrate and you long press this, you know, the pokey button and um and then pikachu sings you a lullaby (laughs) there are three there are three options of lullaby of which you can choose and um essentially the longer you sleep the the better quality your sleep is the more pokemon you catch in your sleep (laughs) the more like items you find it essentially emulates like what a real life pokemon game is which you know you walk and you find items except this does it while you sleep and there's a pokemon sleep app that goes with it it's it's wild no it's it's it's, it's, this, it's, it's incredible I, I, i'm i, I only i'm I only, so into this ecosystem <laughs> i only have one note yes why I, I see and i'm not i'm not even like a big like pokemon buff i don't play the games or anything like that i did watch right. like some of this original cartoon uh-huh. series when they or the, the when it was syndicated sure. in america but, a, uh-huh. so i have to ask if it's a pokeball it's shaped like a pokeball and like it sings to you as you go to sleep why is it not jigglypuff because jigglypuff is the pokemon that like has her like her her like little accessory question. is a microphone mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. sings jigglypuff jiggly she does and and, yeah. and her song puts people to sleep and then when she notices that everybody she's singing to is asleep she gets really really annoyed and like she takes the other half off of the microphone which is a magic marker and draws goofy things pokemon on everyone's are so faces cute. while they sleep do you see why yes. it's like <laughs> It's just so cute. Um, I don't know. You know, that's a great question. And I kind of want to, I think I might look into that. I think it has to do with just the fact that Pikachu is the known entity of the Pokemon franchise. Like globally, when you see Pikachu, you know it's Pokemon. I don't know if Jigglypuff has that much staying power. Okay. Um, but it's something I'll look into. That's like I, 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 again, into. had had I been part of the focus group there at the Mall of America, like someone saying, "Hey, we'll give you a twenty dollar Outback Steakhouse gift card if you come in and be our focus group." That's one of the things I would have put up with. I would have literally will only buy an onion onion bloom. Like you cannot get anything more because the onion bloom is like eighteen ninety nine plus tax. Like that thing's expensive. But it's, it's all, well, it's also six thousand calories. So in terms of caloric <laughs> load, you're, you're getting you're getting value for money there. Yes. Mm. Um. Well, anyway, the the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, and that is the name, if if you look it up, 
it's thus far told me that my sleep is that of a snoozing Bulbasaur, which means that I'm not <laughs> sleeping very deeply. Okay. Um, and, and that kind of tracks with like what my wearables have told me, um, you know, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Sucks how. for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, Bulbasaurs are cute. I mean, they're fine. I mean, you could, you could, sure. they were worse. They're grosser, uh, Pokemons to be. They're great. They're, they're fine. One of my best Pokemon in Pokemon Go is a Venusaur. Uh, but you know, it's just <laughs> even when like the children, because it's supposed to be for you to like encourage your kids to use, right? Like you're, you know, to you want to sleep track into something kids. to look forward to and, mm-hmm, and an activity that mm-hmm. they're going to. And so that the parent kind of knows like how is the kid doing True. without it being like extremely creepy. Um, but also, I imagine underneath uh, underneath the pillow, it's downloading information from the NFT chip that the Pokemon Corporation somehow snuck. Uh, because through the through the I use wish. of Pokemon cereal into the bloodstream in the brain. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I w- Can you believe, by the way, how quickly NFTs fizzled? Like they just came and went. Yeah, there was. Well, it's see this. This was something that like, I'm just. It frustrates me because it's such a signature of. Uh, it's Tech. such a signature of how <laughs> technology gets screwed up by people who are just jerks and don't don't use it for don't see the potential and what it can be used for like i uh, when when it was mostly just a concept i thought that acknowledged you know people who are going to try to uh, essentially do digital beanie babies which is of course exactly what happened (laughs) but but there's also the there's also the thing where like if uh, there's a lot of digital art that can only be expressed digitally and although the fine art market is of course one of the most hysterically funny examples of 8 million times corrupt industries that are nonetheless considered to be like highbrow and acceptable. Like I would like like digital artists to be able to get in on that scam as much as anybody else. So if they're doing digital art, the people who are doing these magnificent like digital sculptures in VR space and be able to say, oh, well, this is an exclusive commission and it's going to be and so, so essentially, they can be find they can mm. they can find suckers who'll give them six hundred eighty thousand dollars for it because they have the one and only digital token that refers to this ephemeral thing that can't exist like in real space. That would be great. Like I was just thinking about Andy Warhol the other day. It, it, this is relevant. Uh, where how like he was playing with an Amiga. He's probably paid as a promotional thing by, by Commodore as a PR <laughs> thing, but whatever. And so he seemed to be like, oh wow, look, he, he was he was really enthralled by the paint bucket feature. Where you just oh look I click in here and now look I can see like the lines forming and then now it's filling up with really really weird geometric colors and of course it's Andy Warhol so a lot of these pictures like were in computer magazines about oh wow look Andy Warhol the famous artist is doing art on the Commodore Amiga and with NFTs now the same people who are getting ripped off and ripping each other off with artificially inflated auction prices uh, that they keep artificially high because they keep buying each other's work to make sure that their own investments in Andy Warhol artwork continues to be uh, up and up. Uh, now they could actually extend that sort of BS to the digital realm. And if, if those Amiga files like actually still existed and that, and to me, that was just sort of interesting, but of course it all degenerated into, you know, smoking monkeys and stuff. Really? But- really people? He just put the paint bucket <laughs> on a part of it and it filled like, this is not, <laughs> this is, yep, that's it. This is, I literally did the same thing when I first put, you know, laid on a computer, whatever, laid my hands on a computer. I literally did the same thing in Clarice Works as a seven-year-old. Yeah. 
Well, and you're telling me this is art? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, you and I are incapable of appreciating Bucket Phil within the higher level context of Mr. Warhol or the uptown New York City arts scene. Art Basel. This is why I stayed on the West Coast, y'all. This is why I stayed on the West Coast. I just could not. I could not. Okay, but to be fair, you're way closer to LA than than I am, and so there. I think that they there's like there's like ten mega mega Warhol BS. Going and on we can LA. blame LA for the NFTs as well because they really went with the NFTs <laughs> and ran with them. So thank you, SoCal. Yay, um, Tech Bros once again <laughs> contributing, not just not just being a parasite on our society, but actually moving the needle forward and yeah. driving us forward. Uh, speaking of driving us forward, so let's talk mm-hmm. about uh, today's show. Got a good one. Uh, it's Taco Tuesday. I've decided to call it Taco it's Tuesday. Wednesday. Well, yeah, yeah, and and we're all we're also posting on Thursday, but nonetheless, like you've got the Pixel <laughs> Fold and the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold Five at the same time, and they're kind of like phone tacos aren't they like you could put beans and rice on the hinge and then google or samsung would appreciate if i did that to either of their review units because it would show the defects in that weak hinge design that's why they don't want you doing that which is why you should do that Uh, that's just my opinion anyway uh also uh, google is looking to boost the google assistant with bard predictable but later on i've got tangible actual news about that and Get in, get in, oh boy, get 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 your pom-poms ready because we're going to be playing two rounds, not one, but two rounds of Material Podcast's favorite current affairs quiz show, Is This Thing Google's Doing Evil or Not? You'll be able to figure that out, place your bets, starting after this break. So yeah, that was pretty, I was pretty excited that you got like both of them at the same time. Like you have, so what, when did the full, the full five just came in? Too. I'm extremely impressed at how quick this was all in my hands it's like hey everybody i'm back from nine weeks of medical leave (laughs) i'm literally only half awake (laughs) i definitely won't be reading any email that was sent to me the last three months because that is the most overwhelming task you could like ask of me right now agreed but could you please send me (laughs) each your eighteen hundred dollar and what i'm going to assume is a is the two thousand dollar variant of the Z Fold 5 because usually usually they give me um a pretty big uh storage space. I'm going to go in and look now. But yeah, I've got the Z Fold 5 from Samsung. I've got it in this very nice matte black. There it goes. Not a not a piano um, black, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Finger, it's fi- just fingerprint like, magnet or no fingerprint magnet. Oh yeah. It's if you've got greasy fingers, it's ah, it's not it's not fun. And then I have the Pixel Fold which Google sent it to me with a case. So I put the case on it because I'm taking that as like a, you know, like a passive aggressive, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like if somebody lets you borrow their furniture, but they include it with the plastic covering. They're basically <laughs> saying that I don't want to come out and say it, but you're basically, you and your family are basically a pack of howler monkeys. Yeah. And don't I don't want any you. evidence that this was in your possession. So please, <laughs> here's a case. Um I admittedly, I haven't had much time to really use them because I've just been setting them up. Right. And quite frankly, getting back into the groove of doing this for a living. Because <laughs> um, I definitely just like stared at them on my desk for a good 15 minutes. 
I was just like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to benchmark these things. So I am going to be testing them, of course. That'll probably be, I'll probably write the review next week if things go well. <laughs> if things go well. And if things um, go if things go horribly in our job, that means that, wow, I'm going to get something out tomorrow <laughs> with pictures of the fire. <laughs> Okay, well, well. to be fair, while I was gone, Ron Amadio of Ars Technica, he had that hardware um, issue with his Pixel Fold review unit that he wrote about just a couple days after his review went live on the site. And so... That's where the, the screen got destroyed? Because mm-hmm, there was like yeah. a fleck of dust or something on the edge of this top exactly. layer of the screen. Yeah. So Lord knows like what could happen while this is in my possession. I will tell you, however, first um, impressions of the Pixel Fold as an actual device in my hand and not a device that like I listen, I love, I love, love, love the excitement of going to the Google campus. But the last thing I'm going to do is frown in those meetings. <laughs> like, yeah, and you had to bury it. You had to, well, you had like, to wear the mask. <laughs> folks, it's not even that. It's just that, like, I am not here to dull. Again, I'm not here to dull a person's fire. Right. Like, I, I am here to appreciate you for, like, you, you had to memorize the script. You had to, like, you're really selling me on this product, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what you've been told to do. I'm not going to sit there and make you feel awful about it because also I don't know anything about it. Just like looking at it. All I see is, Ooh, cool. New shiny thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You worked really hard on it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. It's, this is a lot of hard work, you know, but now that it's in my hand, it's, it's the, you know, the, the period of time where I get to really say what I feel, um, which is that this thing is really wide. This is, this is not a comfortable one handed, operation especially once you put the case on it adds this like really dense bit of heft to it where i'm i actually have that problem with the iphone as particularly the pro versions of the iphones which is they just feel so much more dense than like the regular um iphones and it's because whatever they have more glass in them whatever but <laughs> it's yeah the i don't know this is very very this dense is, smugness 24 hours. This is 24 hours of experiential anecdotal commentary that I'm making. <laughs> I still prefer this this narrowness of the Z Fold 5 and I have to say like the matte back and um actually the back is matte on the other one I have. I just forgot that it was matte because I put a case on it. That's why. <laughs> Uh, because I tried to take care of the phone while I was in my possession. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about the way. There's just something about the Z Fold Five. I thought I would hate the the narrowness, you know, because I never quite grew. It never quite grew on me with the Z Fold Four. But for some reason, having it next to the Pixel Fold, it's like, oh, actually, I'd prefer it narrow and taller. I don't know. This is again yeah. twenty four hours of use. Yeah, but f- but first uh, first impressions do count, and that was uh, and I I've yet to hold even even just hold uh, one of them, and so I instinctively I thought that I was I think that I'm going to like the Pixel Fold better because there was just something that feels so yes. awkward about this tall skinny you phone will. when I'm using it as a phone. You will you will use it. You will like it more. Do you know why you will like it more? Because you are 
I say this with all the love and respect, a man. <laughs> and it, I, I really feel like they did not get long, clawed, small-handed <laughs> people like myself to really handle this one-handed, you know? And like, she didn't cut my nails at the salon this last weekend. She said, let's let them grow. <laughs> and that's where I'm at right now. So that's when I, that's how I'm using these devices. And um, and so far, I'm having an easier time with the Z Fold 5. We shall see. The other thing is like the interface, the pixel launcher interface versus the way like One UI does things. I am so used to the One UI and like, you know, moving through that because I've been <laughs> using it for the last year. And then on the pixel, I start to trip. I'm like, oh. Oh, that's okay. Okay, yes, I am right-handed, so I guess it does make sense that the notification shade only comes down in the right. But wait, you need my left hand to actually hit the quick settings? Like, <laughs> this is what happens. You'll see I'm your reflection, screen, yeah. but um, this side is the quick settings from the notification panel, and then this side is notifications. Okay. On a Samsung One UI. Let's see if this works over here because this is still setting up in the background. Yeah, see, it just comes down the middle, which I actually prefer yeah. with the notifications, because then it's then it's a full tablet. Yeah, mode. whereas the rest the Pixel Fold wants to think that it's a like a book, like a two screen display that is separated by <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I, I don't use phones. I don't use the foldable like that. I yeah, we'll see. Those are twenty four hours of okay. uh, of thoughts, but I will say they are both very beautiful beautiful devices it's very exciting that we have this in the zeitgeist now um very still very expensive but very exciting and i guess we'll see which one has the better camera durability i can't tell you anything about that ask me in a year i'm i'm really keen to see how you react to uh, like the software on the pixel fold because for me the the difference between the pixels and everything else particularly the samsung's has been pixel is here is the expression of what google thinks android actually is without any like foreign accents being placed on it and so i'm keen to see another thing i've not tried yet is the new tablet uh, interfaces for android so i'm keen to see if what they've got going on actually has something going going on for it look at this Karomi theme that I bought from the Samsung Korea store, okay. okay? And then you open up on the inside and Karomi is a Sanrio character for those listening. Karomi is is doing fortune. She's doing fortune telling <laughs> on the wallpaper. This wallpaper was 250, matching icons as well. Nice. Okay, now you open up the pixel. What is this? What is this a bird feather? <laughs> Wow. It's not it's not inspiring joy you're saying. No, I know. Well, they they did that because when you open it like the the feather, you know, goes with it. So I understand okay. why they did that. Okay. But like this is a school desktop. Yeah, the Pixel Fold looks like yeah. a yeah. It's a school yeah. desktop. Well, so. I I still I I'm I think I'm nearing the point where I should like uh, try to get a folder for like long-term testing. Cause I have, I haven't, I, I haven't asked for one yet yes. because I haven't, uh, I, I didn't think they were quite baked yet. And I didn't want to like give, given that I, it's not like I'm like doing two columns a week for, for the Chicago sometimes anymore. It's not important that I, uh, that I specifically do a, like a in-depth review of here's the first failed version of the, of, of a foldable phone. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to figure that out. I will say one thing. Um, 
I've been tripping all week long about the name Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 5. I have not figured it out until like I've really sat around and thought about it. That it's not just that it's a tongue twister. It's that as an 80s kid, I see like Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 5 and my brain wants to process it into Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5, which is one of the like original seminal hip hop groups. And like, no, it's not, not Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5. It's a Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 5. It is probably the the it's probably the farthest from bed style you can possibly get. And don't think of it that way. Uh, LOL. Yeah. It's um, I, I, I'm I'm just I'm just glad that they are pushing things forward with foldables because that's that's one of the advantages of, of Android. I actually was on a I uh, someone asked me a couple of questions about gee I <laughs> finally someone finally got the memo that wow you switched from iPhone like ten years ago and why and you 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 still like are and on are on Android because I mentioned every every time I talk about like new phones coming up like even on the Apple podcast it's like oh no I mean every, anytime they're going to be replacing a phone I will consider switching back to an iPhone because I can't afford to spend a thousand dollars on something that is not mm-hmm. like the best value for my money is for in terms of features and I had to go through all the reasons why I switched and the reasons why like I still stick with the Pixel and what and one of them really is that you can see things like foldable phones apples of course they're building prototypes of folding phones and a folding ipad and trying out ideas but that doesn't mean that they're actually planning to do anything yet um the i was actually double checked the latest rumors this morning just in case and the people the the earliest anybody is even hinting at maybe we'll see a folding iphone is 2025 no no rumors about whether it'll be uh, like a fold style or a flip style of uh, some uh, Minchi Quo, which is one of the more mm-hmm. like red, credible, uh, credible uh, mm-hmm. rumor, rumor slingers, because he's an, they're an analyst that talks about the supply chain. So they know like what parts are being mm-hmm. ordered and like what's being whispered. And he's hinting at maybe there'll be a folding iPad in 2024. And I, I like the, I, I would have to hold out hopes that if Apple ab- absolutely did actually did one of these things, that maybe Samsung and Google would have a leg up because they've been doing these things for a few years now, and they've already like been hot wiring the hot wiring Android to respond to what happens when I'm folded versus when I'm unfolded. My my fear though, if if I meaning if if I were the sort of person who like is betting on one horse over the other, like my fear would be that oh man, they're gonna Apple's gonna actually think things through, and if it doesn't really work, and if it's half baked, they're not even gonna do it. <laughs> so what are the so what are the chances it's gonna be halfway as bad as like even like the third generation, <laughs> third you know generation what? Pixel Fold S? So. And that might be completely fine because the thing is, like Apple users, they want what works, they want quality they want a cohesive ecosystem and i'm going to tell you like bringing a foldable into the fold is disruptive it's um it's not it's it's not for everybody it's not for everybody it changes the way that you use your phone and i think that a lot of people like the idea of like the flip phone and so maybe you could see Apple toy with that and then maybe like an iPad mini situation that folds out into, I don't yeah. know. I mean, that would be neat. Um, but before we move on from foldables, I do want to bring up the I, the OnePlus Open. <laughs> okay. That's what it's called. <laughs> According to the leakers and the rumor people and... You know, all the websites out there and the Twitter feeds that allege to know things from the factory lines. Um, the OnePlus Open is reportedly going, I wrote about this for Gizmodo this week, uh, reportedly 
has dropped its display supplier because it is not up to par with what Samsung and Google have put forth in the U.S. Hmm. So they are dropping this third party. It's called uh, BOE Displays, and they manufactured the folding display in the last generation Motorola Razr and a lot of like overseas um, devices that are foldable. But uh, I guess OnePlus, it is said, (laughs) allegedly, didn't like the final product. So they're now going to delay the fold to try out the build with Samsung's display technology, which is what is on the Google Pixel and the Z Fold 5. Now, the Pixel Fold and the Z Fold 5 don't have the exact same display, but they do both have displays made by Samsung. And thus far, Samsung has like been the one that has really cornered this foldable situation that's going on here. So like if you wanted to do high-end folding, you would look for advice with the Samsung display on it. Yeah, that's why it was... It it just seems as though Samsung they have all the manufacturing experience with this, and so it's like I was trying to I've I've been googling like while you're talking to see, uh, like I'm not surprised that like Motor is Motorola Razor is the new Razor using the same supplier or have they switched to Samsung display? <laughs> the new Razor has switched to Samsung, yeah, the I Razor so. Plus. Not again, not the exact same. That's like in the flip, but it just goes to show you that they're like I would rather charge more. Because yeah. the, the Samsung display will cost more money than the BOE, the you know the the other brand overseas, um, but in the U.S., like it's a premium numbers game. So, well, if OnePlus makes, if OnePlus makes a foldable and they sell it for seventeen ninety nine, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> if that if that's like no, there's, there's it's only possible to buy a folding like tablet sized phone for seventeen ninety nine. I I don't think that we're making progress. You know what that's they just... might do? My my um. My theory, which is based on what they did with the tablet, which was such a great tablet. By the way, I had to send that back like my first day of medical leave. It was very sad. I was very (laughs) sad to send it back because it was such a nice tablet. But my thinking is that maybe it'll be uh, less in specs, less in specs, not like, (laughs) you know. What's mid-range these days is actually pretty good. But, you know, maybe they'll go with an older processor um, or just something a little cheaper to make something that's just, you know, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So uh, now uh, uh, we're going to start our game show. We're, we, we, might, we might take a break in between the game show, but okay. this is because we, we have another, we have a couple of new stories. One of them is, again, another one of those classic Google is proposing something. Maybe it's something. Not to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, heaven's sakes, you're married. Anyway. Uh, I'm a millennial, baby. It's <laughs> Things are fluid. Now you're, now, things now, are different I, now. I know, I know, I know that, I know that you people do, do pods now, I think, or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> like whales. Uh, anyway, so community, yeah. So, community care. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, so we have another story where Google has a proposal for a web standard or something, and it's hard to say at this early juncture whether it is A, something that solves a real problem in a logical way that anybody can understand, or B, something that Google put together because they're power-hungry and evil and they want to grind the totality of the web under their iron boot heel, or C, something that Google is proposing with good intentions, but which is a big worry for everybody anyway because it might be abused by bad people in the future or in the present, including Google in the, pre- in the future. What about D, all of the above? 
Okay, we'll add. We're not we'll, gonna do. Can we'll, we? Can we do that? We'll add. Well, I. It's see the thing is like. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say do all the above. Yeah, you have to basically that if you're all the above that 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 gives us the ability to not choose. That that's that gives us the it's it's like these people who like like to report on rumors and every time they say that oh well Apple is going to do like a banana shaped phone where there's a display on the outside that you can peel off to re- to reveal like an unrollable display uh, an unrollable display on the inside and then when they and oh, it's going to ha- their announcement is going to happen in ten days from now I just found out the price is going to be this and when it doesn't happen it's like oh well my my facts were were true my reporting was completely good they just decided not to do it. Like no 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 one or the other if if they decided not to do it and you're a you're this hot spit rumor guy you should have gotten the you should have found out that no they decided not to do it and come up with that information before like you're anyway so I'm so I'm I'm sorry I'm negating option D uh, so but but here's what we're talking okay. about we're, we're talking about this API called they're calling the Web Environment Integrity API and it's something that will be baked into web browsers and once okay. again this is not something that they've announced like on the official google blog or put a timetable on it is something they've been working on they started talking about a couple of years ago uh it only became a, a real like firestorm like last weekend because uh one of the members of the team that's developing it like put like a sort of like an explainer on on his on his personal git github not google official github like explaining walking us through what it does and what's intended to do at this early stage and it got you know it went viral and a lot of people had a lot of hot takes very 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 hot under the collar takes um so here's what it's supposed to do in broad strokes like think about every single time a website has stopped you in your tracks and made you prove that you're not a robot Mm-hmm. So that's what the web and in- web environment integrity API is designed to do. If your browser were to use this proposed future API, the website, instead of, you know, making you click on every photo with a duck in it, it could just ask the API, hey, is this person a human? Can I proceed forward thinking that this is a real human and not a bot or something? Um, the API would actually process that question through like an outside validator like, I don't know, Google maybe, uh, which would then rep- do its magic, then report back to that website that, yes, this this user is cool, you can go ahead. Um, and the website could also tell the validator, like as it's passing this request along, that, hey, by the way, I don't want a browser to, con- I don't want a browser to connect to the site unless it's got X, Y, and Z. Like it's got security, it's got like the latest patches for whatever, et cetera. And so it, the val- either way, uh, if the validator returns a thumbs down for any reason, then the connection to the website just won't go through. So it's not like, uh, instead of the website having all this code like on its own to try to f- solve all these problems, it's just basically going to ask this validator, here's what I, I want. I want, I will only connect to a real human who's using a browser that has these features. Uh, and if not, just don't let them connect. Um, and this it'll be baked into the browser. Uh, and once again, Google has just taken the very first steps towards testing out testing it out in Chrome. I think they've announced like an intention to like some standards committee to keep to move this forward and to try to as opposed to getting people to actually agree on it. Now, this could be a good thing. Uh, again, let's, let's let's go with option. Uh, oh, how, I have to remind myself. Uh, let's go. Let's pursue option A. Uh, because okay. if this API were like broadly used, then like ticket services could like Ticketmaster, whatever, they could make sure that tickets are only being sold to actual humans and not to like a botnet being run by a scalper. That would be nice. Pretty much any bad thing that happens because of a bot masquerading as a real human, like again, like a, a bot farm that's trying to flood uh, Twitter with uh, with the uh, uh, fake news and misinformation on voting day, uh, that would be really, really hard oh, to do. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. 
uh, a banking app could require us, uh, could say that, hey, look, I'm not going to let, don't let the user connect to me unless uh, the, the unless this is a properly secured iPhone or a properly secured Android phone. Uh, that, that's also in, specifically intended to address uh, like ad network fraud, where like if people get if a, a if a site is being paid for uh, uh, for X number of impressions of a certain ad, they can trick the ad network and say, oh, wow, look, I, there were 20,000 web views according to our servers. And that was actually just like a bot that's just basically <laughs> reloading the page over and over again. <sighs> so there, yeah. there, so there's a long list of things like that. Um, the API, though, would also allow a site to detect when the security of a browser has been tampered with, like when it's using a stolen account login token. But OK, but mm-hmm. all this has raised the hackles of lots of activists. The The big worry is just on principle that the API would transform the web from something that's open that anybody with any app, any app can access. Like anybody can if you posted a website publicly on the Internet, anybody with a browser can simply walk right into it. That's that's what the it's open access, no matter what kind of device right. they have. Uh, and it could turn it into a, like a more of a lockdown environment in which websites get to like create this long and maybe abusive list of uh, potentially conditions that have to be met before it will allow someone to connect to it. Like, uh, for instance, if this is one of the things that's getting a lot of people upset that potentially a future iteration of this API could allow a website to say to make one of these conditions. Oh, by the way, if this user is running an ad blocker in this browser, don't let him connect. I don't. It, it, he fails. Don't let him. I, I don't want to con- him to connect to me. Uh, and that's. I should say that there's nothing in that briefing paper that mentions use screening for ad blockers and stuff like that. There's just people are just extrapolating maybe rationally that this could be something that could be added later. Um, also, like a site or a service could just unilaterally decide that they're not going to trust any browser that isn't chrome safari or, or edge we i've had it with supporting firefox i've had it with, for support with supporting all these like open source browsers if you're not using chrome safari or or, or edge go to hell uh and so smaller <laughs> and exactly yeah. no exactly and so these smaller browsers would be like thrown off the web entirely um and it also means that uh, there are a lot of people with older devices or really really underpowered devices that can't want, can't run like the latest version of anything so imagine that uh, imagine that like uh, eBay or Amazon or the New York Times site started saying that hey unless you uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to allow you to connect unless you have a, web, a browser that uses this API cuz that's how we're validating people uh, then suddenly if you've got like a five-year-old or eight-year-old phone that can't, that has lot, is no longer receiving browser updates, or an old laptop or desktop that again Apple is no longer providing with updates, so it's not it, it doesn't have the latest version of Safari that runs uh, that that has this API in it, you're now going to be locked out of a lot of the web. I mean, the thing the thing that kind of hit home because I was actually reading about this on my iPad is that I've got my. I, <laughs> because it's it's still like the bane of my existence as an iPad user that. Okay, tech, yes, website, yes, web service. Technically, I suppose, because this iPad is a battery-operated tablet, it is a mobile device. But that doesn't mean that I want you to give me the mobile version of your website. It's a 12.9-inch screen. Give me the real version of your website. And so I tick a box in my browser or use a separate browser that says, oh, by the way, if anybody asks you, <laughs> tell, tell the website, oh, by the way, I'm a desktop computer. And this sort of stuff, probably wouldn't be able to you can do that like if this api enabled because if the uh, what if if the website says hey i want just a i just want someone with a desktop 
up a web browser, it will say, nope, that's not that's not it. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, like I said, it's only a work in progress. It's not even like something that they've got in beta or they've got in alpha or whatever. Uh, but the makers of the Mozilla browser and the Vivaldi browser have already like joined the, the forces of freedom rising That's up good. against it. And the thing, the thing is, they might be right. They might be wrong. They might be. I just don't know. But it's it's Google. So does anybody really trust them to do the right thing? I mean, and Google shouldn't be the one to honestly make all of that. They shouldn't be the one to set the rules or to set the standards because they are profiting. I mean, at the end of the day, they have, they will be profiting off of this. Right. And just however it ends up being. And so that's why it's very frustrating, you know, that we talk so much about having governing bodies that can (laughs) help regulate these things. But I'm just like rolling my eyes because it's, you know, I just hear a row of excuses. Yeah. And, you know, and to be honest, it's not as though this kind of trickery can't be pulled off as it is like uh, these websites. If they really don't want to, if they don't want to uh, run on a browser that's running an ad blocker, how many times have any of us run into that? Oh, it appears you're running an ad blocker. I'm sorry, but either either subscribe to pay, give us a paid subscription or you'll have to give this. And so. The, I, mean, the, I think the the usual thing that I think about in times like this is that it makes that sort of thing it turns it from something complicated that maybe the people who are paying for that website would then have to like pay to have this service installed and support it to just oh you mean that all you have to do is click this checkbox and suddenly we're not running on it we're not allowing people with ad blockers to run great let's check that click that checkbox we don't have to pay yeah. anybody to do it um, okay so we're gonna take another break. And then we're going to get to part two of our is, is they, is they evil or is they ain't back after this. <laughs> and we're back for round two of is Google evil or is they just misunderstood? Now, normally, uh, this is the point where the host would like be go through the contestants and ask them to come up with a uh, quick, like amusing anecdote about their lives. <laughs> but, so you like hang gliding. Is that right? Well, I did injure my leg that one time, so I haven't done it since. But yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's got to be the problem. Like when you're like a uh, when you're on Jeopardy and you're having a really big success. One of them is that having enough clothes that like like uh, enough suit jackets and ties so that they don't see you. You repeating. can outlast if you are, are there for multiple weeks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but all but also like on day one it's like hey I, I and I understand that you've uh, you've summited Everest like oh <laughs> yes when I was in college we were part of a mountaineering club uh, and let me tell you Alex I made it a third of the way up and then I got so sick I never wanted to go oh wow that's very good second one so I, I, you have you have some Hollywood Hollywood history oh, yeah I was, uh, I was I was an extra in uh, Apollo thirteen I mean, you can't see me but like when they cut to the people in the background. <laughs> of that party scene i'm actually talking to one of the astronauts by like day 10 that is a common one you're like <laughs> i understand you found a really interesting pebble one day like yeah um okay i thought it was a dime but it turned out mm-hmm. it was just a rock it was kind of round mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. well we're gonna back go back to the board no no no. they would say it turns out it was like some sort of really precious mineral and you know just to show like what a <laughs> you know wow they're such a lucky intellectual you know <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing my diversion card here, but it's a quick one. I, uh, this is something that I've been sort of like thinking about <laughs> for the 
<laughs> occurred to me like uh, 10 or 11 months ago because uh, I, I listened to a lot of like 70s soul music as part of my mix. Mm-hmm. And that, <laughs> there are a lot of like 70s soul songs that have that like the the person singing is like a storyteller telling about how life their how hard their life is in the streets and what it was like as a kid. And it occurred to me that a lot of this stuff could be used as like Alex Trebek, you know, tell us something interesting about yourself. <laughs> well, so I, I under I understand that you live in New York City, but you recently moved to Midtown. Why was that? Like, well, Alex, uh, you know that across 110th Street, uh, uh, pushers won't let junkies go free. And so that's, I love that song. Yeah. I, I yes, the <laughs> content is intense, but obviously it's exactly very. You I know, could, I like that song because it's on the Jackie Brown soundtrack. Yes, but yes, anyway, exactly. Anyway, anyway. anyway, okay, so let's get back to it. So, <laughs> so part two of this, we have another thing that, again, maybe Google, from the words out of their mouth, are trying to be helpful. Maybe they're being patently evil. Maybe they are... Patently s- evil. <laughs> patently evil, yeah. Maybe also they are doing something that they think is well-intentioned and will make them some money, but... They don't care that it is that going they to... can market as well intentioned that will help make them some money. That's yeah. the ticket. I will. Anyway, so yeah, and it's actually quite relevant to to our jobs. Okay, so irony of ironies, reporters at the New York Times published a news item a couple of weeks ago about how Google is trying to sell their bosses on the idea of replacing their work with an AI tool, uh, or or not. Again, like we can't. We, maybe I shouldn't judge, but just the the facts as stated. Uh, is that the reporters uh, reported that uh, a new tool that Google is developing was demonstrated to executives at the New York Times, at the Washington Post, and News Corp, which is the company that owns the Wall Street Journal, uh, the tool's codename Genesis. And I, again, I'm trying to be objective here, but I have to believe there's at least a chance that Google intentionally named Genesis after the weapon from Star Trek that destroys all life on a planet. Oh, that's what you were thinking about? See, I thought about the Bible. What does that say about me? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I thought they were going for like it, it means that you're very messianic kind of thing. So you know, well, also, well, also, Genesis is very Old Testament, and if you have the choice between the Old Testament God and the it's New true. Testament God, it's true. Remember, remember that the the Old Testament God kept turning people into pillars of salt and destroying yes. all life on the planet with a flood. Yes. The New yes. Testament God was basically the story of God telling people directly that, okay, look, don't get like, don't get like locked onto like the actual words that are in the old testament right. okay right. what 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 was meant was this if you if you're thinking about hurting anybody else in your name in my name anybody's name that's not what it says so just settle the frick down <laughs> uh anyway so according to people who attended the demonstration who uh, talked to these reporters uh google pitched genesis as quoting here a kind of personal assistant for journalists unquote that would automate certain tasks and free up these reporters time for other things such as looking for new work. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, however, some executives who were in these meetings described it to the writers of that news item as, quote, unsettling, unquote. Uh, also, according to the story, quote, two people said it seemed to take for granted the effort that went into producing accurate and artful news stories, unquote. So what does Google have to say about this? Well, a Google spokesperson said that the t- uh, to these two reporters that the tool is, quote, in the early stages of exploration, unquote, and that they're reaching out uh, to basic to a lot of publishers, especially they were saying to small understaffed newsrooms, uh, quote, quite simply, these tools are not intended to and cannot replace the essential role journalists have in reporting, creating and fact checking their articles, unquote, she added. Instead, uh, they could provide options for headlines and other writing styles. 
and yeah, this is this is another one where I don't know how to feel because I'm I'm just getting into the zone where I'm starting to see how like Chat GPT can help me out, and it's never about write a blog write a blog post about uh, why foldable phones suck and they're always going to suck, and you're stupid if you buy a foldable phone and if you already bought one you suck too, and then click post and that's and you're done. I mean, a lot of it really is. Uh, like give me a give me a list of facts that are based on this or give me like rewrite this so that it's shorter or and i haven't actually put any of this stuff into anything i've actually shown anybody yet but i could see how as i start to learn the tools a little bit better and the tools get a little bit more sophisticated how i could one day use it to write that terrible uh, as 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 i said on npr a few weeks uh, like a month or two ago that what comes out is a really crappy first draft that you would never want to show anybody any show to anybody, let alone an editor, let alone readers. But the thing is, I was I'm going to write one of those myself anyway. Like my my first draft is never something that it's always like the bare bones that I'm going to say, okay, right. that's ineffective. No, I that that's too long witted. Actually, that's a mistake. I should fix that. And so I can't get all high and mighty and say that I will never I would never use like a, a, a chat bot to at least generate a first draft. So maybe they are at least in this academic sense thinking that, well, we, when you've got like now used to have a newsroom of like nine reporters uh, covering the local news and now there's only two or three, maybe if we could get, maybe they could cover the same amount of topics if they had some of the, I don't know, the, 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 the dull work done for them and then they could do the writing and the researching and the validating. I don't know. I don't know either. This is a completely new category that has come to our industry. Um, those who've been reading the news know that. <laughs> and, and there's some relevance here, too. <laughs> yes, I do. I do currently coexist as a byline uh, next to an AI produced byline. But uh, I think the biggest thing for me is that everybody's just moving really fast on this. And we're not like actually playing around with it like like back in the day when the internet was brand new we actually got to play around with it a little bit we got to learn this thing called html we got to kind of all collectively establish like you know what makes a good website like what you know is user friendly and and it just was a very community oriented thing but ai feels like it's more um about being seized instead of being integrated into like because i you know as as you and i age andy i (laughs) i am looking forward to having robots help me so that i can continue to maintain a creative brain until you know my last day here like i creativity to me is so important and it is no you cannot hide the fact that like our bodies and our brains degrade as we get older. It's just the way that we are. That's why they're trying to replace us with robots. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the same rate, like I want to see how these robots could actually help make me, you know, help me elongate my years of creativity, you know? Yeah. So and maybe that means taking on the brunt work of research for yeah. me a little bit, you know, or maybe that means it just creates like a five paragraph uh, little starter story. And then I just add to it, you know, and that just like saved me a little bit of brain power so that I could 
make it into something that is mine. So that's the way I like it. But, you know, in capitalism, everything is exploited. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and like the, the thing that's, the thing that's really notable is that like the, 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 the statement they got back from Google, it makes sense that this is how ideally I would like to see a tool like this used. If they're actually developing a tool like this for that purpose, that would be fine. Uh, but yeah, but I, I also have to ask myself, okay, but if they're trying to make this into like, again, quote, sort of a personal assistant for reporters, unquote, like why was Google only demonstrating it to executives instead of to the actual reporters? Like, it seems as though like this is their pitch to say, here's how, how much money are you spending on personnel? Well, just take that number and divide it by three. That's how much you'll be spending after this. Cause you, cause instead of this is, this is not about make this is, this is, it doesn't mean that reporters will go from having 10 hour days to six hour days. It means that they'll have 10 hour days, but they'll be having to do three times as much work to cover for the people that no longer work there. You know what? We should have six hour days. We should oh, yeah. have four hour days. Honestly, like we work way too hard in this country. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes, I did just come off of nine weeks of not working at all. But you know what? I didn't get paid either. So it really was just sitting around. Right. Uh, <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, 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 it was it was it wasn't nice for me because again I, I missed you. I'm I will sorry, say that. Andy. This will this be, be the third week. No, no, I did. I don't. That was, I didn't, didn't take maturity leave. Okay. I wanted. <laughs> I wanted. I wanted to make. I wanted to make sure that it was said that like it's like oh let's. But uh, I, I, I won't keep. I won't keep going over and over and over again. But yeah, see, it's there are. I think just just to sort of button this. There are a lot of variables. There are a lot of topics. There are a lot of questions. There are a lot of moving parts to this revolution this is very it's rare that you have yeah words revolution yeah. or disruption that no this is actual <laughs> this is actually appropriate um and one of them is that i think that a lot of the workforce has to confront the fact that the difference between skilled and unskilled labor is bull it's mm -hmm. all labor that there are people like us that have sort of like let our let ourselves like puff off our own egos even just to ourselves thinking that oh no 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 look i'm not just i'm not just uh, with an air with an uh, with an air wrench on an assembly line throwing throwing uh throwing uh, throwing bolts onto a throwing nuts onto a onto a car on an assembly line i'm not just flipping burgers here not everybody can do what i do and so when you confront someone like me with the fact that Actually, here's a piece of software now that can do a lot of what you do. Uh, it won't do it as well as you do it, but it's possible that you're doing it better than anybody actually needs it to be done. And that all along, you've been taking 10 hours to do something that someone could, another human could have done easily, like in two and a half hours and still met the brief, uh, met, you know, met, met your job, done your job well. And now there's a piece of software that can do that two and a half hour version in like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes with some human oversight. And now you're just sort of terrified, not that this robots are taking over the world, but you have been overinflating your own self-importance and also putting yourself above your brothers and your sisters who are laying asphalt in 92 degree weather mm -hmm. and saying, oh no, that's unskilled labor. I'm skilled labor. And it's, we're all on the it's same team. It's not my team. skill. I can never do that. No. I don't, I don't possess that set of skills. Toughness. It's very skilled labor. And, and, you know, and I will say that toughness is a skill. 
I mean, there are people, I, I am, I will admit that this is one of my biggest faults as a person that it's not as though like I'll have a tantrum when things aren't going my way or I think things are unfair. But if you give me, uh, if, if I have to shovel the shovel, the walk and you give me a shovel that has, uh, that has like a, 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 a two foot long handle on it and I have to stoop over and I have to like, I'm just going to say this is stupid and inefficient. There's no point to even trying to get this done with inefficient tools. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get one with a bit with a better, longer handle. And if it means I do this in two hours or three hours instead of right now or tomorrow instead of right now, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do because this is stupid. Whereas there are other people that are like, God damn it. Who, what idiot? Okay. But the thing is this, 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 this sidewalk has to be shoveled now because people are going to slip and fall. This stinks, but okay, I can't change it. But line right. cooks, line cooks at restaurants. Wow, I mean, when uh, when they you feel like you you uh, I, I go to the uh, uh, the one of the uh, kitchens, was kitchen stories, whatever. One of the subreddits they're mostly uh, populated mm-hmm. by people who work in the back back of the house, and I hear the stories about well, and my the dishwasher broke, <laughs> and also like the also uh, half of our walk in was contaminated. Uh, and so, and all, and also three people called in. So Give it was me just flashbacks to just yeah, the hardest day. It was just me and the, and the owner who used to be the chef who had to come in and like uh, try and, and by the way, it was also mother's day. And it's like, and I, again, my attitude would be, guess what? <laughs> here's, here's how much work I'm going to be and, and at the last, at the last straw of that. It's like, guess how much work is left for me to do today to get a sheet of paper, write down, we're closed due to circumstances under our control, put it in the front window, lock every door and go home. Whereas <sighs> that per, those one and a half cooks in the back say, okay, we got to turn out a thousand dishes in the next two or, two or three hours because there are people coming in and that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And again, there are, pe- there are people who are like, oh, come on, I could train anybody to do that. Or you know, again, I, I'm a middle, it's not, I'm not just a middle manager. I'm a senior middle management. You know what? I, if, if I don't keep, pro- keep the, if I don't keep the engine humming like that, keeping all the, my workers in their lanes and towards their goals, it's like, again, I could write a script in Python <laughs> that generates a lot of the reports that your bosses, <laughs> bosses need. <laughs> and like, if you gave me a timesheet of everything you do over the course of a day, over the course of a week, I could script prob- a lot of people <laughs> don't like to find out that most of that can be scripted. And again, there's no skilled or unskilled labor. There's just labor. So that's, that's a lot of the thoughts that, that <laughs> go in here. Um, one last quick hit before we go away. Uh, Because we've been talking about, as always, large language models. Uh, So we got an interesting. They're so large. Very large. That is a big, big (laughs) language model. I mean. By the way, I always accidentally read LLM as MLM. Multi-level marketing. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. God, those those turns those things turn from embarrassments into cults really quickly, didn't they? Mm. Oh well. Mm. Uh, anyway, so we've so we've been we've been following like well, what's going to happen to the Google Assistant now that Google seems to be putting most of its attention on Bard and large language models, mm-hmm. and also you know, little rumors and little background news stories about big big changes being made of the Google Assistant team and maybe sure. people being laid off. So actually, uh, Axios got a nice scoop on that this week. They got a hold of an internal Google memo that uh, Google Vice President Piyush Ranjan and Director of Product Duke Dukelis. I had to, I had to look at that. I did. I net, I wanted to know was his is his name like Ashton? I'm sorry, but I'm like, but 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 of course, like when he got, as soon as he got into school, people started calling him Duke as a nickname. Or did his parents actually say Duke Duke Ellis? 
Duke Duke Cowell. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying that these are things that these are things that are hit my mind. Anyway, so the so a memo from the two two top people uh, sent out to employees on Monday, uh, saying that Google is absolutely essentially uh, confirming that Google is really really committed to boosting the abilities of the Google Assistant, and it's going to be enhanced with AI large language models. Uh, quoting from the memo. Uh, as a team, we need to focus on delivering high-quality, critical product experiences for our users. We've also seen the profound potential of generative AI to transform people's lives, and see a and we see a huge opportunity to explore what a supercharged assistant powered by the latest LLM technology would look like. Uh, and in parentheses, a portion of the team has already started working on this, beginning with mobile. And oh wow, hey yeah, great, we're team yeah team rah rah Google LLM. And then he mentions it. Oh by the way. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of organizational moves. So here are the people who are used to be in charge of this. They're not going to be in charge of that. Okay. New bosses, not ideal, but that's great. And they said, oh, by the way, we're going to have to eliminate a small number of rules within the team. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so, <laughs> so some people. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, I know. I know Cause that, that was like, there was definitely, they were definitely building a pyramid there. <laughs> now, now to be, uh, to be factual here, there are thousands of employees working on Google assistant, uh, eliminating a small number of roles within the team does not it does not suggest that anybody who survived that kind of bloodletting sure. round of cuts last week last year uh, are in danger it's probably yeah i don't they didn't mention a number but it seemed to be a handful mm-hmm. as opposed to hundreds say but still that's no good and 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 of course people didn't find out they were fired because of this memo people had already been you know right. been approached this wasn't uh, bad like the last time yeah but so putting that aside for a moment, yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, like like you said, it is a little bit scary because this is all a little bit new. And the idea of uh, – we have such an intimate relationship, relatively speaking, with our smart speakers and the Google Assistant. So if, if now it is talking to us and it's talking crazy talk or it is using like like mean-spirited language – <laughs> like hey 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 uh, hey sh- hey hey Guillermo uh, uh summarize uh, this uh, summarize this latest email for me and then it uses she, he hates you he thinks you're a big stupid dope and only Jeez. a big stupid dope would have like written what you just wrote and like Google, could you write it? Could you could you uh, read it word for word? Hi, Andy. Hey, great. Thanks so much for sending that into us early. I, you know that I'm getting I'm going on vacation in a few days, so it's nice to get that off. Anyway, I'll follow up if there's any problems. I'm sure there won't be, but have a great weekend. Thanks again. Like this is the one that you told me that I was going to be fired because they thought I was a stupid idiot. And like so, suddenly you have this ghost in this box that is now haunting you and bedeviling you, as opposed to just neutrally being a voice that tells you the time and temperature and like. <laughs> reminds you that <laughs> reminds you that you need to leave the house by 752 in the morning if you're going to make your 10 a.m. screening of Oppenheimer this morning. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that would be kind of nice to be addressed in that way, I would say, you know, get a little little more sensitivity going on. Yeah. That's remember, I, I'm, I still think it's a very positive thing that Google added like a, it's now sensitive. Excuse me. As of like a couple of years ago, it's sensitive to the word like thank you. Like we're, and please. Eh, kind of, not really. It doesn't really work all the time. I gotta tell you. I think next time, next time we podcast, I think we should talk about the assistant. We're all, we're all we're already at the end of the podcast, but I mean, eventually, I think we should probably talk about the state of the assistant. Actually, could, shall, right shall we talk about that in our bonus episode this week? Or do we or do we want to prepare for that? We are. We, I that. do. I do have. I do have down here that we're going to be talking about Barbie. 
Yeah, let's let's <laughs> okay. We'll talk for about it. Barbie this week. So yeah, if you're because I want to talk to you about Oppenheimer. Okay, very good. Okay. Uh, maybe, and maybe, uh, so yeah, uh, if you are a member of uh, the Relay Podcast, you can look forward to hearing us talking about Barbie Core, or at least Google <laughs> Google editorial uh, posting about what It'll Barbie is. It makes sense when you hear it, for when those you of you it. who can go beyond the paywall. Yes, head on over to relay.fm slash material to sign up uh, for uh, for our membership on relay.fm and gain access to special members-only episodes produced not only by us every sh- every single week, but all of Relay's contributors. We have a lot of fun. Uh, I don't listen to every single piece of bonus content from every other podcast. Flo and I, I mean, I, I like that. I like that this is this is not like, okay, now I've got everything bullet pointed. I've got call outs, not from just in case we need this fact or statistic. It's more usually like the show doc for our bonus content is, hey, let's talk about this really yeah. weird Barbie core thing they've got going yes. on there. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of fun. So if you like, if you like what we're doing during this show, you'll like us like after we've got a couple of drinks in us as well. Uh, metaphorically speaking, unless those drinks are. I am drinking Diet, Diet a pepper. green tea lemonade concoction, which it's 9.30, so Woo-hoo. Flo is really living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo. Uh, Flo, so, so you start, you've got new stuff on Gizmodo, so should we send people to flowrights.tech to read about, you're still yeah, updating you can that? Go. you can go do that. Um, that's, that still works. I'm still paying for that link. It's totally fine. Uh, but I would also prefer if you are on Blue Sky or on Threads that you find me there. And, um, you know, if you're on TikTok, find me there. If you're on Instagram, find me there. I pop in and out of Twitter <laughs> reluctantly. Yeah, I'm still trying to. Is it? Is it yeah. It's like ever since ever since I keep trying to find like a way to justify that. Look, but the thing is, like the people that I want to talk to, not not like a general audience as an influencer, but there are people who come there to see like find mm-hmm. post links to. Here's what I've got going. Here's a, and and they're only there. And once I make my peace with that, then oh, by the way, Twitter is now suing a nonprofit organization uh, that is analyzing uh, use of hate speech on Twitter and their inability, their in, in lack of interest. And in, oh, so you're suing them as opposed to learning from them? Okay. Thank you for making it even harder, Elon. You're <laughs> keep chasing, <laughs> keep chasing that dream, man. Uh, but yeah, you can go. I am an Otko. You have to spell my name correctly. But uh, if you've got that going for you, you can uh, find me on Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, Blue Sky, uh, Threads, pretty much everywhere else. And also, you can, if you uh, want to go to wgbhnews.org uh, or the WGBH News channel on YouTube, you can uh, watch and/or listen to my mostly weekly uh, half-hour-long tech discussions on Boston Public Radio. Uh, so again that's it for this week thanks everybody for listening to us this time and we hope you'll be listening to us next week but until then everybody please have a happy safe and healthy seven days bye-bye bye-bye